For you, Jay Will. Yep, go ahead. You can say it. I know. He's already Why? picked them to win the title. Yes. Just period. So we're going to start there, Jalen. Uh-huh. And wow. just step back. Go ahead. And listen to why win, that's going to happen. Win the East or win no, the title? No, no, no. Well, look, I think they're going to be the best defensive team in the league. I think them and the Clippers are the best defensive team in the league. And Facts. I think what's going to happen Facts. in the West mm-hmm. is you're going to have all these teams that are going to beat up on each True other. True or false, you picked I, the 70s. I did. Okay. I'm, I'm on it right now. Okay. I'm, I'm not even laughing about it. I'm telling you seriously. I think it's a chance for them. Well, this gentleman isn't far off Maria because mm-hmm. I picked them to win the Eastern Conference as well. Now, Ben Simmons is making jump shots. That puts them in position Ooh. to win it all. But Ooh. I still have to go Ooh. with If you come out of the gauntlet in the Western Conference, to me, you got to be favored. Back in We have Michael KB from CBS Sports on the line. Mike, thanks for joining the Bro Love Cast. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. So I know you're plugged into the six with the Sixers since they're starting on Wednesday here. Uh, so a couple questions to start off. In terms of cohesiveness being complementary, um, you know, how this team really fits together, how would you compare last year's 76ers roster to this year's? I think... I think they'll have a big advantage this year in terms of the chemistry and the cohesion, uh, just due to the fact that they have, you know, an off season and a training camp, um, you know, to, to really work together. I mean, at this time last year, going into the season, the Sixers still had, you know, a starting lineup with Robert Covington and Dario Saric on it, and then, you know, a month into the season, they trade those guys and get Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Butler in, and then like you know, a month and a half later, they pull another big trade, and then bring in Tobias. Really, you know, three. They basically had three different iterations of the roster last season, which you know, there was a lot of talent, but it's tough for you know any team and any coaching staff to be able to, you know, kind of get a team on the same page when there's that much turnover in, in such a short period period of time. So I think this year they have the advantage of you know they have this core group that they signed you know over the summer they brought in Al brought in Josh obviously Joel and, and Tobias and Ben uh, brought them all back so I think that you know having the training camp and, and the whole off season should certainly you know it'll benefit them more than what they had last year where it was just you know too much change in a short period of time. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you think that the Sixers got enough to replace guys like Jimmy Butler and uh, JJ Redick? Yeah, I think they, you know, they did a pretty good job of, of bouncing back. I mean, you obviously always are going to miss J.J. Uh, Redick to an extent and what he brings to the floor just in terms of his floor spacing and shooting, which, you know, he's obviously one of the most prolific at, at that. But when you look at the guys they were able to bring in, like Josh Richardson's a guy that's, uh, um, you know, able to do a, a lot of the, the things on the offensive end that a guy like J.J. or Jimmy could do, but then also he brings, a, you know, a real angle to the defensive end that I think they were missing before. And they just have, a, you know, versatility. All the guys that they have, you know, Al Horford can play next to Joel in the starting lineup. And then also when Joel goes to the bench, like they've been doing, you know, bumping Al to the center spot. 
and then playing, you know, a little bit smaller with him at the center. So I think that the versatility that they have will be really beneficial, and that's something that, you know, maybe they didn't have quite as much last season. Yeah, Josh Richardson is uh, is intriguing to me. I uh, didn't get a chance to watch him all that much with the Heat, uh, but went back and watched a bunch of YouTube on him and whatnot. And the things we're hearing about Josh, you know, from the offseason is that he could really be the difference maker for this team. Is that how you see him? Yeah, especially because so little, you know, he's, he has a pretty clearly defined role. He's not coming in, coming in here where they need him to, you know, really do more than what he's comfortable with doing. He's not, you know, a first option. He's not a guy that's going to give you 30 points a night. That's just not his style, but it's perfect in here because, you know, the Sixers don't need him to do that. He's really, you know, the fifth option on, on offense, if you, you know, if you go down the starting lineup in terms of who they're going to draw plays for. He's the type of guy that can kind of get his – where where they come in just in terms of, you know, space in the floor and running again out in transition. But, you know, he's the type of guy that does all the small stuff. He'll he'll end up guarding the other team's best perimeter defender uh, a lot of times, taking on some of the point guards that gave the team trouble last year, guys like Kemba Walker or, or Kyrie Irvin that, you know, kind of carved the Sixers defense up last year. Josh is a guy that, you know, should be able to, at least slow them down and stay in front of them a little bit. So I think, you know, he's the guy that's coming into a perfect situation where he can just do the things he's good at, and that could be, you know, enough to take the Sixers over the edge. Is there a guy in the league or maybe a guy in NBA history that you would compare his game to for those that didn't have a chance to watch him with the Heat? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Maybe like a... uh, trying to think of a guy because he's not super prolific on the offensive end maybe like you know for a philly reference it's a lot of people if, if you think andre iguodala but instead of a you know a forward you you think of that in more of a guard position where you know if he was here and you were looking for him to be the the number one guy he's probably going to let you down a little bit but if you plug him into a system you know like we obviously saw with andre in golden state where they already have you know, a lot of good pieces in place, and he can really just do the things that he's good at, which is, you know, perimeter defense, which is the same with Josh, and then, you know, running in transition and spreading the floor a little bit. They have pretty similar games, and I think their roles are similar suited to where they can, you know, not do too much, but just they're a good complementary piece to a potential championship team. I love Iggy, so that's a great comparison. Other things I'm hearing out of uh, the offseason is, Ben Simmons, he fell back in love with the game, apparently. Uh, he's been working on his jump shot. You see a bunch of hype videos. He hit that awesome three in preseason. And one thing I noticed was, I feel like in the previous summers, you saw a lot of like TMZ videos of him like running around with the Jenner girl. I saw a little bit less of that, and I saw more of uh, him in the gym shooting jumpers. So what do you think of Ben Summer, and how confident are you in his improvement going into this year? Yeah, I agree with you, Ian. I think he, uh, not that, you know, not that he wasn't focused the previous summers. I'm not saying that, but I think he had an extra level of focus this summer after, you know, the disappointing way that the team lost last season. And, the, you know, he, he heard, he, you know, basically told us as, as much immediately that, you know, he, he tunes out the criticism as much as he can, but, you know, he's still on social media. He's obviously heard, uh, you know, heard some of the criticism in terms of him, you know, kind of being a liability at, at times in the playoffs on the offensive end due to his inability to to shoot. And you kind of have to, you know, have somebody else on the floor that could, you know, space the floor around him. You know, I think he internalized all that and really, you know, worked extra hard this offseason. He said, like you said, he uh, 
kind of fell back in love with the game and he kind of explained that he was just, you know, kind of listening too much to those outside noises last season and it was kind of bringing him down. And this summer he kind of just, you know, went through a refresh where he kind of blocked that out and just got back to, you know, working on his craft, which is something, you know, he's obviously loved to do throughout his life. So I think he just kind of was coming in with a fresh approach. Uh, and he knows obviously the potential that this team has and that, you know, him doing something as small as, even the taking uh, uh, open shots when they're there, not necessarily even making them, but that's something that he wasn't doing last year. And I think he understands that it's important for the team as a whole for him to do stuff like that. So I do think that we'll see, you know, not that he's going to come out and be Steph Curry all of a sudden and, and make 10 threes a game, but I think we'll definitely see him a little bit more willing to pull the trigger on, on some shots that he didn't do in the past, which in turn will open, you know, a lot of things up for him and the rest of the, the team. Awesome. And obviously, you know, one of our other stars on this team is Joel Embiid, who as of last week had the seventh best MVP odds at plus 1,200. What do you make of these odds? And, you know, you hear a lot about Joel's body this summer, losing like 12 to 30 pounds. Um, Do you think Joel's vastly improved this summer? And do you think uh, the loss of weight may result in him being healthier throughout the year? Yeah, uh, I think it's pretty noticeable, too, in the games in the preseason. Obviously, he's been limited in how much he's played, but I think just looking at his frame, you can definitely tell that he he dropped a little bit of weight. He's going into the season, you know, fully healthy now for really the first time. Each of the last, you know, three off-seasons, he's been dealing with some sort of, you know, lingering issue or injury in this year. Um, You know, he's not. He's coming in healthy, uh, in better shape, and I think that the idea for him is, he, you know, he told us that he wants to, play more games in the regular season than he ever has uh, in the past, you know, which would be mid to high 60s. It, you know, he's always capped out at, I think, 63 or 64 last year, I forget. But, um, you know, he wants to play more. I think maybe the approach that the team might do is play him less minutes a game than maybe he was playing last year early in the season. But with uh, the depth they have now between Al and, uh, you know, Kyle O'Quinn and Mike Scott and other guys that they could bring in. I think they'll play Joel a little bit less minutes per game in the hopes that, you know, come April and May where, you know, the past couple of years we've seen him dealing with some injuries or the just the conditioning and fatigue kind of setting in. Uh, I think this year he's, they're, him and the team together are going to take precautions so that he's, you know, as fresh as possible come, uh, you know, the playoffs. For sure. And do you think he has a legitimate shot at maybe winning the MVP this year? Or do you think that's you know, a little too much. Yeah, I definitely think he does. I know he, he wants to, I think, you know, ultimately it will come down to what he and the team kind of decide in terms of the workload. I don't think, you know, to, to win that award or to really be considered for it, I think he'd have to be up there, you know, pretty close to 70 games played. Uh, and I, you know, it's ultimately for the team's sake, his health is what's most important. Same for him too. I think he would rather, uh, you know, a championship ring over a finals or a, over an MVP trophy. So I think, you know, if it came down to it, rest would win out. But the Sixers want to be that number one seed. So I think they'll be motivated and they'll have something to play for throughout the course of the season. And obviously, you know, Joel being the, the best player on that team, if he plays, you know, like he has the past three seasons and, and is able to stay healthy and play, you know, 68, 70, 71 games, I think there's a, and the Sixers, you know, are one or two seed in the East, I think there's a a really good shot that he could win it. That's exciting to hear, man. So another guy you hear a lot of hype around is our rookie, Matisse Thibel. And I must say, he does really look good so far in my eyes. But what do you make of his hype? 
is stifle somebody that we could, for example, uh, rotate on to somebody like the Greek Freak and just give him a new look? Yeah, he's uh, he's really exciting because he's shown, obviously, a, a lot of potential and a real like willingness and eagerness to play on the defensive end. There's a lot of guys that are good at defense, but it, Matisse really seems to you know, enjoy it and take pride in, in his play on the defensive end. I think, obviously, Brett and the coaching staff has noticed that. I think there's a you know a chance that he could move up to you know six man for the for that for the team uh, you know during the season, and for you know exactly that reason I think his versatility on defense he can guard pretty much you know one through three or even some fours depending on who it is, um, and yeah that's I mean obviously for anyone a guy like the Greek Freak or a guy like Kawhi or something or Kevin Durant's a tough matchup but Matisse is another you know long body. Uh, that's with quick feet that could you could you know at least use on them for a period of time to you know if the more defenders you have to throw at a guy like that the tougher it is for that guy to you know get his, get the job done he's going to get tired out so Matisse is definitely a guy when you factor in him plus the other guys on this team like Ben Simmons who I think has the potential to be a you know an all defensive team type player Josh Josh Richardson who is a you know a defensive team player Al Horford and Joel who are great uh, post. Uh, defenders, and then you know a guy like Matisse coming off the bench. Uh, the team in general just has a lot of a lot of different bodies to throw at. Um, you know the best players in the league. All right, and you know right on that same topic, how would you rate the Sixers bench this year? I really like Trey Burke. He uh, he's a, a really exciting player that could you know maybe come off the bench like Lou Will and drop some points for for the Sixers when they're in a, a drought. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't bring TJ back. I guess they didn't want to pay him what the Pacers were willing to. But do you think that Sixers bench has improved this season from last season? I definitely, I do think it has improved. I think there's definitely still some question marks in terms of if it's as good good enough of a bench for a championship team. You know, come the trade deadline in February, Elton might need to you know make some tweaks into you know either add add a guy or make a small trade. But I, I definitely think it's improved. You know, you have James Ennis and Mike Scott, who are a couple of veterans that, you know, obviously played well for the team last year and they brought back. Uh, having Seibel uh, develop as quickly as he has is obviously a great boost to the bench because now he's a guy that can come in and play some real minutes. I think, um, you know, like you said, TJ being gone, uh, not even just TJ, but I think there's some questions in terms of dudes that are able to, uh, you know, generate their own offense or, or kind of make things happen. You know, Trey Burke obviously will probably be the backup. That's one guy that you said, but there's no other guys really on the wings. Um, you know, Ennis is a guy that can score off of others, but not really a creator. Um, so, you know, ultimately they might need to add another another guy that could shoot or, or create his own shot. But it's definitely, I think, the bench is an improvement, especially when you consider, you know, Al Horford, though he's technically a starter, um, you know, a lot of a big part of his role is going to be playing the five when Joel is on the bench, and that, in and in alone, right there, I think is a huge bolster for compared to last year. You know, anytime Joel went to the bench, there was an an automatic drop off uh, in production from that center spot. You would have to go to, you know, whether it was Amir or, or Jonah Bolden, or if you went small with Mike Scott. You know, no matter what, there was a drop off. And this year, that's not the case. You know, you go from one All Star center in Joel to another All Star. Um, and Al Horford. So I think that combined with the other guys that they brought back is, uh, you know, the bench is definitely an improved bench than what it was last year. But I think it still, you know, remains to be seen whether it's good enough or if they'll need to make another move or two. What struggles do you foresee the Sixers having this year? 
Um, I mean, probably there'll, there'll be some, uh, you know, learning like bumps. They're obviously a team that's new, you know, bringing in two of the five starters or guys that weren't on the team last year. A couple of the bench guys obviously are, are new. So I think it will take a little bit of time for the team to gel. Despite how talented they are, there might be a few games early on that, you know, on paper you would think that they should win based off the, the lineups, but they might ultimately drop. But, um, you know, as long as that's ironed out, come later in March, April, that time. And then, you know, I think health is obviously the main, the other big thing with the Sixers. Um, you know, obviously Joel has done a great job bouncing back after missing two seasons. He's gotten, you know, progressively better and healthier. But I think that's still a, you know, legitimate concern when it comes to him. And then just, you know, in general, there's always, every year we see in the league that, you know, things happen. But, you know, the Warriors basically lost the title last year because of health. So, you know, things could happen. I think that is the other main thing you got to worry about if the team has the talent, but can they stay healthy over the course of the whole season? Can you predict uh, what you think is going to happen to the Sixers this year? Will they get that one seed? Will they make a big run in the playoffs? What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, maybe they'll get the second seed in the East because of, you know, kind of what I was just talking about. I think maybe they'll lose some games in the regular season where a team like Milwaukee – that obviously was the the top seed in the conference last year and has, you know, basically the same lineup, give or take a couple of small pieces, but the, you know, the starting unit is largely the same and the key players. So I think they'll have the continuity factor working in their favor that ultimately could get them that one seed. But when it comes down to it, come, you know, April and May at that point, you expect both teams to kind of be, you know, at their, their full powers. And I think the Sixers just have more talent, um, <clears throat> overall uh, than the Bucks do. So, you know, I do think that the Sixers are, you know, good enough to beat the Bucks and come out of the come out of the East for sure. All right, awesome. Thanks, Mike. And uh, we'll get you out of here in just a few. Let's do a speed round real quick. Cool, man. All right, first one. 76ers over-under. The win total is set at 53.5. Would you take the over-under on that? I would take the over on that. I'm thinking around like 58. Can you characterize Brett Brown in one word? Dedicated. Favorite NBA player of all time? Uh, Iverson. Jordan or LeBron? Jordan. The 2019-20 season MVP will be? Joel Embiid. Better team this season, Clippers or Lakers? Clippers. Same question. Rockets or Blazers? Uh, Blazers. Describe in a couple words the Sixers' white throwback uniforms from the 70s that write out the word 70. Uh, fresh and clean. <laughs> All right. Coolest uniforms in the NBA? Ah, oh, shit. That's a tough one. Oh, sorry. I don't know. That's a tough one, man. Probably either the throwback Raptors with the dinosaur when they first came out or the Sonics jerseys from the 90s, like the Kemp Payton era with the, the dark green. Yeah, both of those are awesome. I got you there. Um, number of All-Stars on the Sixers this season? Uh, I'm going to go four. Embiid, Simmons, Horford, and Harris. Okay, yeah. all right. Favorite Philly cheesesteak? Delisandro. Same here. Great Thanks. answer. <laughs> uh, best food to order at the Wells Fargo Center? 
Oof, uh, probably Lorenzo's Pizza, but Shake Shack, if there's not a long line, is probably my favorite. Okay. Um, Three-point contest winner this year would be... Ooh, uh, I'm going to throw a wild card and say Landry Shamit, former Sixer. I would love that. Shamit's the man. All right, uh, favorite bar in Philly? Uh, Pitcher's Pub on Main Street in Manion. Right on. Mike, you made it through. Thanks for coming on the Brotherly Love Sports Podcast. We, we really appreciate it. We're going to be watching the Sixers pretty intensely this year. We hope to make it to a bunch of games, but... Uh, probably not as intensely as you being a media member of the Sixers. So uh, thanks for coming on. We, we honestly really, really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. And, uh, you know, I'll talk to you again soon. All right, Mike. Take care. Thanks, man. You too. Hotline Drive. And like always, I'm kicking it live. Gonna call the fellas to see if they is with this. Gonna get down with the sound of big breakfast. Start up the day with some Bob Marley. Back to the woods for that fresh parlay. Maybe even spark a little Nicky J. And then it's off to Santa City in the fastest way. Cause if you gotta get downtown real quick, then the only way to go is I 76. So, unless of course you wanna take that scenic view, then the East or West River Drive is right for you. But if you ain't got any time to lose, put the pedal to the metal for that boyish cruise. And get on down to our 76. Cause in 1996, there ain't no tricks in the mix. Back in 1982, man, it was real cool in school. If we got good grades, like straight up babes, our parents would take us to a 76 game. I got my game and there ain't no shame. Big shots of Mo Cheeks and Moses Malone. Julius Serva called Philly is home. Bobby Jones, Daryl Dawkins, and Tony Sinkin' Freeze. Rocky Bobo will come from South Philly. But if you wanna make it on time to the show, there's only one road that you really have to know. So get to Fishtown without all that job. I suggest that you drive on I 95. Wanna get downtown but feel in a fix? Get on that road they call 676. The most expensive, expensive piece of interstate they ever made. The fellas ain't famous, but they got good game. Get on 76. Leather seats to 76, getting ice Cadillac, DBL, Christopher, pulled the heist, expressway expression, soda pop is pressing, up another piece of baby in your painted session, guessing the answer to the question, all the Philly fellas living life is our profession, destined to escape our lost back tour, our wilderness, yeah, prep jet a bull, Friday night rap Broncos and pepper shakers in the city, I still love, show I the skyscraper, well the cool. Man, it's our 76 I'm checking out a super singer, Davey Quickness Lily of the volley, love a lingam every day I'm giving praise from Hot Hill Juice to Philly Cause if you gotta get downtown real quick Then the only way to go is our 76 Unless of course you wanna take that scene if you Then the East and West River Drive is right for you But hope you ain't got any time to lose Put the pedal to the metal for the boys group And get on down to our 76 Cause in 1996 there ain't no tricks in the mix it ain't no- Six, seven.